Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to the Bulls Cast with Chris Stonich and Ben Goddard, your independent Hereford FC podcast. Hello and welcome to Bulls Cast, your independent Hereford FC podcast brought to you by the Hereford Times. I'm Chris Stonage and once again, as per usual, I'm joined by Ben Goddard, the uh, head of sport at Hereford Times. How are you, mate? You good? Yeah, good afternoon. Yeah, all good. Yeah, uh, a bit of a different week, but no, no Hereford shenanigans going on. Uh, so no Hereford game on Saturday. So I mean, I could go and watch some local football instead. Uh, so yeah, that was a bit different. But yeah, hopefully getting back to some sort of normality we hope for this weekend hopefully yeah. hopefully well as we'll get on to um a crazy uh covid outbreak in however well it's not crazy anymore they've, they've come out and said that the pcrs have come negative but we'll, we'll talk more about that and how it stopped the the york city uh game occurring um so we were previewing this game last week ben um having some form of optimism considering the last few results at york um but the game didn't go ahead you know, well, just chat us through the story first off of, of what happened and what came out of, of Hereford before the match. So we there was a press day on Thursday morning and um, where we did our sort of interviews and stuff. And um, I was, we were chatting to Josh Cowley and everyone seemed reasonably upbeat, apart from the fact that they'd got scans on some players' injuries and they were 50-50 on... Um, Christian Pierce, and also there was talk of a lonely defender maybe arriving by the weekend, maybe not. So, um, so yeah, it was all upbeat really. And then, um, well, well, I say upbeat. <laughs> I mean, the 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 disclosure of the scans on some of the players' uh, injury knocks wasn't great especially if it was a centre-half that gotten it wasn't disclosed who um, was not going to be featuring on Saturday. Um, so if it was Pollock or Ben Haynes, Luke Haynes ben, or Ben Pollock, um, then that would have been a big issue um, if Christian Pierce and why well, if Christian Pierce wasn't available because Christian Pierce has been training with the squad, whereas on Thursday the news was the Loney hadn't trained with the squad yet. So if they were short of defenders, then the Loney would potentially go straight in at York, which it's, uh, yeah, free score in York full of confidence would have been uh, a debut to remember. <laughs> I gather. But anyway, and then um, the message came on Friday. Right, Friday. Um, that they'd been a COVID symptoms within the camp, and you can't take sec- you can't take risks with 
like 18, 20 people on a coach, team coach to York, because it would have been a team coach to York, 20 people on the coach. If one of them's got COVID symptoms, then, and the team's all been together on Thursday doing, uh, however they were training. Um, and obviously they were within vicinity of each other, changing rooms, getting changed, this, that, and the other. So if one of them's got COVID symptoms, um, then the whole thing has to be shut down until they get clarity on what it is. Um, so that's what happened. Um, luckily, it looks like there's no positive PCR tests. So they're just waiting on the green light from the FA to get go ahead this weekend. Um, obviously, um, yeah, whether whether the FA decide that they're going to grant Hereford the permission to play or whether they say, no, you had COVID symptoms, you have to wait 10 days, which would probably mean the Tuesday night or Wednesday night at Lymington. Lymington. Um, That would make, that would punish Hereford really. Um, (laughs) Tuesday or Wednesday night, all of a sudden it becomes a bigger task as non-league step four side than a nice Saturday afternoon by the seaside. So, yeah, I think that's where we're at. Um, the club are hopeful that it will be Saturday and not Tuesday or Wednesday. Obviously, the FA have a decision to make. Um, the The problem would be that I foresee is that if it's a draw on Wednesday night and then they would have to rearrange the replay probably on Saturday so that'll be another national north game. I think it's Leamington at home. Um, that would have to be rearranged. So then have two rear two Tuesday night rearranged games to to fit in around the county cup and the trophy will be starting at some point. And so you, all of a sudden you start you start going from Saturday, 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 no Tuesday night games to all very quickly having you could quite easily have a bank of Tuesday night games to fit in. And this isn't going to go away with the COVID outbreaks within the squads. This is going to be a recur- recurring theme. Um, it was last season and I feel, I, I can't see it being any different this season um, with players testing positive or, or whatever teams, your opposition within yourself, there's nothing you can do about it. The players for, from all over the country and so and all these national north competitions are you all travelling all over the country players from all walks of life. It's not, not, they're not all from Hereford. You can't... So they're coming from all ends of the country to train together. And then another team that they're playing are from all, all sides of the country for them training together. And then they put them on a pitch together. You, you're asking for COVID outbreaks. I mean, if there was a COVID, um, a, a brilliant pot for COVID to grow in, I'm sure a football match in the National North League, two League One Championship, Premier Premier League, with so many people travelling from so many areas to to play or partake or watch or it's a breeding ground for it, isn't it? Um so it is what it is and it'd be the first of many postponements I I gather until everyone's double jabbed, but then people, not everyone wants to be jabbed and there's still a lot of it around. You can still catch it and spread it even if you are double jabbed and yeah, I think it's going to be a season like this where stop, start, stop, start, games off, games on, and 
yeah, we haven't even reached the winter yet when snow, frozen pitches, and everything else can. Yeah. So, I personally, I'd have liked to see the season start earlier and more Tuesday night games scheduled in early. So, you got probably a quarter or more of the season out of the way. And then you can probably schedule, like maybe keep a couple of weekends free for rearranged games rather than hope just cramming them in on Tuesday nights. Um, which isn't ideal for anyone, really. I mean, if any anyone that's been to York on a Tuesday night will know York or Live or Spennymore, you know, the dark reaches of the northeast, um, will know that it's far from ideal for anyone. So yeah. that's my view, anyway. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely right, and I mean, with with um, with COVID. It's just another, as you mentioned, another list of, of, of a reason to postpone a game in, in the Vanarama North. Um, but talking of COVID, um, a man who had it, Tom Owen Evans, is, what's your view on his start to the season and how could he uh, impact this Hereford team going forward? Yeah, he's had a difficult start. He missed the start of pre-season uh, from COVID and then just started to get back into his stride in the first league home game of the season and then got concussions so was out of 10 days. So he's had a double whammy of unfortunate events, really. You, you, neither of them you can foresee or do anything about. So, yeah, for, unlucky start to the season. But it's a big competition for that midfield spot uh, from Zeli Ishmael, Mazi Arcuya and Tom Owen Evans all going for the same shirt. So they're both. all three of them are going to have to up their games. Um, and then, obviously, you've got Ryan McLean and Miles Storey who can also fill in. Obviously, they're more wingers, but they can fill in in that spot as well. So in the 10 behind the striker. So, yeah, it's... Um, t- t- Owen Evans has got... will have to up his game this season just to keep his shirt, I, I believe. Um, I think it was last season, it was kind of his shirt and there was no one really challenging him for that shirt. Uh, no one who, who's got the same energy and flair as he had. Um, so which which obviously has an advantage because if he's not performing well or he gets shoved up front that he did last season, then there's there's very little cover. There was very little cover for him last season, whereas this season there's an abundance of cover. So yeah, yeah, I think there'll be bright things from from Owen Evans, Zeli Ishmael, and Mazi Arkiyar, the trio of them um, in that spot. I think that there there really will be some bright football from that, especially when. The defenders come in, which we'll talk about later, but that they're the key to unlocking the midfield. My my belief is, um, and you'll you'll be pleased to hear that Josh Gowlin had exactly the same belief as you, and referred to the Liverpool scenario last season in his interview on, <laughs> on uh, Thursday. <laughs> hey, great minds think alike, don't they? <laughs> they absolutely do. Um, I mean, you know, I haven't got any of the coaching badges, but of course, you know, we're still on that same brain wavelength um, <laughs> as Josh. Um, talking of defensive situation, though, obviously Liverpool had that situation last season. Hereford have it this season. Um, Jared Hodgkiss mainly falls in at a right back. Um, could he be a solution to Hereford's defensive problems? Or, or do you think, you know, uh, we do need another lowly centre-back? They need, Hereford need at least well, I think they'll. Get, I think they're getting two. I think there'll be two centre halves in the very near future. There'll be Christian Pierce and one more. Um, that's my belief, and I think that's what Josh Cowlin's referred to um, referred to on Thursday. That 
they're waiting for the okay on Christian Pierce. Um, some private matter that was he was involved with before coming to the football club. Nothing involved with Hereford. They just have to wait for it to be cleared up. Josh Gowden was worried that if they waited too long and didn't snatch Christian up, then another club more patient would would have. So you're looking. He's obviously looking for the whole se- looking at the whole season as a whole. And missing Christian Pierce for, for three, four games is not a big, well, it is a big deal considering the defensive problems Hereford have got. But in the long, in the big scheme of things, three games, we saw last season with Hereford, they didn't start clicking until Christmas. And it may, I, I've no doubt it'll be the same this season. Um, I mean, they went to Chester, uh, I think that was in October, and were utterly dreadful. I mean, and then all of a sudden turned turned it round and went unbeaten to, to Wembley. So no no doubt that they can do the same again because the the squad I believe is better in midfield areas. Um, the centre half is urgently needs addressing, and if Christian Pierce hits the ground running and there's a low knee that hit also hits the ground running, then all of a sudden you forget about your defensive problems. And the midfield are boosted and can start trying to run the show like they have, like they have been trying to. But the defensive problems have always plagued plagued them, and there's just that sort of hesitancy at the moment, um, which I, I believe is affecting that final through ball and throughout the team. And we've seen that with teams: um, you lose one 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 main player in your spine, they call it the spine of the team. And you lose a player in the spine of the team, like however lost Jamie Grimes, and you don't replace him, then the whole spine <laughs> crumples. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna throw an alternative out here now, uh, just because I love him and he's a, he's top top boy. Um, if Toby Raisin impresses at Merthyr Town, would you see maybe Josh Gowling recalling him, um, and maybe utilising him if the defensive situations get worse? No. <laughs> in short, no. But I, I, I think you, you, at the moment you'd be. Toby's got obviously a lot to learn, and he needs to be in squads that are full of positive and assured defenders that he can learn off, lean on. Um, if Jamie Grimes was in the midfield, and when Christian Pierce starts playing and st- hopefully starts playing well and avoiding injuries, then then yes. Um, maybe towards the end of the season, maybe in March, April time, if the league's kind of, if Hereford are on a, a good run and and maybe you can start filling him in. Um, but yeah, he, he's, he, he needs to learn off. I'm saying, sound a bit negative, but, but Hereford are part of the league at the moment. T- so he needs to learn off positive, experienced defenders and, Luke Haynes and Ben Pollock for all everything they put in. They haven't got that experience. Luke Haynes last season was his first senior football season. Ben Pollock hasn't played a season as centre half. So to throw in an inexperienced centre back alongside them two, with them two, I think would just wouldn't work at the moment. I think he's best at Murphy, staying where he is, learning off the, the experienced players there. And um, Hereford will have to learn, lean on. Christian Pierce and whichever loanee is lined up um, to come in and steady the ship, really. Um, and yeah, and, and when 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 the squad's more steady and 
and hopefully kind of got launched himself up the table hopefully then then maybe you start thinking about bringing him back and filtering him in yeah definitely um so moving on if it goes ahead um we got a trip down you got well you got place face home or away 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 yes we have got a trip down to hampshire uh, this weekend ben are you uh planning a planning a trip down there mate yeah me and keith we're going down there yeah you know in the car so yeah um and uh, well yeah actually the the only positive about york being off was that we didn't have two long away trips in a row saturday after saturday but i know sod's law that your game will be after like spending more away on the saturday and then york away on the tuesday night or something like that <laughs> yeah so, so what are you quite, feeling for that for the fa cup obviously hereford should be favorites oh well, uh, they, yeah, on paper, they should, should not, shouldn't be losing the game. Um, I think they need to finish the game quickly. Um, I think just early goals, just go at them and uh, go at them early. Um, maybe two, two or three goals in the first 20 minutes and, that, and, then just, and then just settle down and just start learning the structure of play. And it's, it's a good chance to learn to, to to get their structure right after the first five or six games um with hopefully with Christian Pierce and hopefully with a lonely defender. So so potentially with two new center halves potentially I, d- I don't know if either of them or both of them will be available or there on Saturday. But best case scenario one or two new center Christian Pierce and one or Christian Pierce and Haynes um, at the back, and Hereford start learning to play with Christian Pierce as, as the linchpin of the defence, and then going forward, just see them off early, and then get subs up, get the subs on, and just start learning to play as a team together without the ramifications of a really good centre forward line coming against you. I think if they can start the game quick and finish them off quickly then is, there's a lot of advantages to, play, to be had from the Lymington game. Um, if they get dragged into a dogfight and don't get early goals and it's nil-nil at half-time, nil-nil at 70 minutes, then, yeah, it could be, could be a bit of a disaster. But being positive, you just hope that hopefully got enough to see them off quickly, early, and then they can just get into their own passing game, pressing game, and that that will see off Lymington. Certainly hope so. Um, and, well, and one advantage of, of Hereford not playing, as you said, you got to go see some local football. Um, another side, uh, Westfields. Uh, so it was a crazy game against Malvern. 2-0 uh, down, came back to win 3-2 um, in the 90th minute. What was it like, mate? Yeah, yeah, full-on. Full on local derby, tackles going in, lots of fans having a go at coaches, having a go at referees, having a go at players, just generally having a go at people. I think <laughs> <laughs> the referee was card happy, which didn't help the scenario. You'll hear from Phil Glover in a minute, but um, yeah, the referee was card happy. So Malvern started really quickly, um, two really good goals, and they could have had a third, and then. Um, but then they kind of completely went missing for large parts of the game. And 
let let Westfield sense away back into the game. Um, the goal back before the before the break from Joe Davis, who's absolutely having a storming season there. Um, came from Wellington in the summer. Um, he's, I think he's, he's definitely uh, Westfield's top goal scorer as a centre half, and not, not many centre halves can say they are. Um, but he's yeah, every everything he touches seems to be finding the net at the moment. Um, so he pulled one back, and the two on a half time, he kind of sensed the game was still in the balance. Second half was just a full blooded. Well, actually, the first fifteen minutes of the second half, there was it was there wasn't much in it, and you just kind of sensed that. If Westfield's kept them at arm's length, they might end up a 2-2 draw. And then all of a sudden, the referee started throwing yellow cards out like they were confetti. And then the result of that was that the next time the tackle went in, the fans were all up calling for red cards and the referee obliged. And then all of a sudden, well, Westfield's equalised um, through probably... Dan Stone, Dan Stoneman using his pace, beating the man. And then Kieran Blackburn probably felt he should have done better when the Melbourne goal came out to collect it. And then it kind of trickled through his hands, through his grip, and Stoneman just tapped into the empty net. Um, and then, yeah, the red card to Paul Hurrell, just a bit of a clash, really. It was like a, an aerial battle for a ball. And the, the referee had said no to a red card about two minutes before. And you feel when referees do that, so the next challenge that is close to a red, he's pulling straight for his pocket because he doesn't want that same barrage of abuse he had two minutes earlier again. And that's what he did. And then, so he sent the one off and then Westfield actually coped with it quite well. And Malvern didn't really pose too much of a threat. Um, and then the next challenge that went in, obviously all the Westfields are c- crying for a red card because they've already had one sent off. And the referee feels he has to even the game up, so he does. And then uh, just to, to to make to fit to end to end the tie, they uh, Westfield get a really late winner, brilliant strike actually from a substitution. Um, I gather the lad was at um, Barry Town on trial, but didn't get a, and he's just feeding his way back into Westfield. So it was a great finish and just inside the box. So. Uh, but yeah, to win the game, but it, it was needed for Westfields because they they were in danger. I know managers don't believe this early in the season, and they, they'll tell you differently, won't they? They'll tell you it's game by game. We don't look at the table, and but they were in danger of being cut adrift of the the leading pack because after a, a not great start, um, but now two wins in three, all of a sudden it's and they're only four or five points behind the. The leading, well, second down, really. I think there's a team that's kind of running away a little bit, but you always think one team, the danger of slipping back to that leading pack at some point. So, yeah, um, good night for Westfield, really, and, and a much-needed win, Derby win as well. Definitely, mate. Uh, really, really exciting game, and uh, obviously a great watch. Um, now on to the Fantasy League. Um, it's It's not been a great week for myself. Uh, only 58 points this week. Yeah, I'm slipped down to 33rd. Uh, ben is slipped down to 71st. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think he, he, he left Che Adams as his captain and put him on the bench. Uh, <laughs> and uh, But to be fair, uh, Connor Cody got six points this week for you. Um, Ruben Diaz and Casper Schmeichel as well. 
um, did well. For myself, Mo Salah, obviously, because he scored and got an assist as well, I believe. Um, and Trent Alexander-Arnold did my jobs. However, my vice captain, Mason Mount, decided not to play, which is a little bit annoying. Um, but apart from that, mate, yeah. Um, and at the top of the leaderboard is finding Timo. Sandy Smith had a 79-point week. Congratulations to you. A lot of people had some Cristiano Ronaldo in their team, which was, it doesn't surprise okay. me, to be honest. So that is a end, the end of uh, today's Bullscast episode. I do hope you did enjoy it. If you did, make sure um, to drop everywhere, everywhere on the Hereford Times. I follow on Twitter as well. Um, and make sure you follow the podcast as well on Spotify. And we will catch you in the next episode.